Well, hi guys, my name is Sarah. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Vineyard Church in Hopkins. And today we're talking about ordinary anointing. Just like that nine to five spirituality where like church is not your only spiritual part of the week. It extends throughout the whole of life. And we're going to talk about how humility and wonder help connect us to God. Humility and wonder, key spiritual uh, uh, practices that really connect us to God. You know, for for wonder, I, I think my kids are actually a lot better at this than I am. The the other day I was uh, enjoying some alone time by myself in a room by myself, um, which that sometimes is code for the bathroom, but this time I was actually just by myself in my room and like this knock on the door, mommy, mommy, mommy. Um, we had had a big branch come down in one of the tree storms, in one of the thunderstorms, and um, it was just we we had to get the whole tree removed. So the removal company was there, and they just cut down the whole tree. Um, but our kids were like, mama, 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 "Come and watch! Come and watch!" Now, for me. Like having that happen is like, well, at least they showed up on time and I wonder how much this is going to cost me. I have entered into mom life a little bit that I am excited by some of the things that excite my kids. I remember my sister was like, I knew I was really a mom when I drove past a construction site and was truly excited to see an excavator backhoe. And my first thought was, wow, I'll have to tell my kids. So. I, I like some of these experiences, but my kids are so much better about having wonder and curiosity and awe because they realize they're kids. There's a lot they have yet, yet to learn. They, they have an openness, a humility, and that leads them to enjoy and appreciate even things like a thousand bucks to remove a tree from your yard. I remember when I was, um, sometime in college, I just, started following Jesus relatively uh, uh, recently and um, was really all into uh, reading the Bible. And um, I've said many times uh, before that my first week of college, I went to my first Bible study, my first prayer meeting, my first uh, frat party. I was really experiencing new things. Um, the Bible study and prayer meeting stuck a little bit more. Um, but I heard uh, this one preacher say, you know, the key to living a holy life is to appreciate what's happening right then and right there. So if you're you're taking a shower, just you know feel the nice hot water on, on on your face and just be there in that moment. If you're eating food, don't do anything else. Which I actually have developed this rule for myself now, um, that I don't do anything else. If I'm eating food by myself, a meal by myself, I don't read a book or or watch TV. I just want to focus on eating my food and enjoying my food. But I heard this when I was 18. I thought, wow, what watered down spirituality. We all know that that living a holy life is all about reading the Bible and praying and talking to people about Jesus. I have since come to appreciate the wisdom in his guidance, that, that staying in the present moment, that wonder and enjoyment and appreciation of the good things our key to the spiritual life. You know, our life is not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be enjoyed. Our kids are, are not workers to be trained or citizens to be raised up. They are image bearers of God to be nurtured and discovered their personality. Our work is not a task to be completed, check off the, the box. It's a mission to be lived into. It's a garden to be tended and, and nurtured. God wants us 
to have a full life, a full human life. If he wanted us to be some sort of an ethereal spiritual being, he could have created more spiritual beings. If he wanted more angels, he could have created more angels. He wanted human beings. And he wanted fulfilled human beings so much that he himself became a human being. So we're talking about this nine to five spiritual human life. And our guide for that today is going to be a guy named Agar. Have you heard of Agar? If you're not a Hebrew scripture scholar, I, I, I think if you say yes, you, you might be lying. Um, so Agar, not Jewish, not, not an Israelite. People ask if the Bible is, you know, inclusive. Well, here's this guy who didn't even have like the basic, um, you know, general membership who wrote something that became part of the canon of Holy Scripture. So he's another sage. Um, his, uh, his Hebrew is actually not really good. The Hebrew is very difficult to translate, difficult to understand. He starts out kind of skeptical, saying like, oh my gosh, you can know anything about God, but it is inspired. And I think we have so much to learn from this guy. We're going to be in Proverbs 30. So if you have a Bible, please follow uh, along and uh, read it for yourself. It's the best way to read uh, the scripture together. Um, let's pray though and give our attention to the Lord and welcome him to speak to us through scripture. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of uh, your word. Thank you for this book of Proverbs that we've been in. Thank you that you want to form us in wisdom. Right now we open our hearts and our minds to your word. Thank you for speaking to us, Jesus. We do not take it lightly, God, that you have inspired scriptures written through so many different people, that you have spoken through so many different people. We take your word seriously. We submit our hearts, our minds, our opinions, our emotions to your word. Come, have your way in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. So, Proverbs chapter 30, right here. Here we go. Agar starts out by saying, I am weary, O God. I am worn out, O God. Maybe you can say amen to that. How, how are you feeling? What's going on in your body right now? He continues, I'm stu too stupid to be a human. I am a brute, not a man. I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, and I certainly do not know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down? I haven't been to heaven. Who holds the winds in his fist? Who wraps the oceans in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What's his name? What's his son's name? Tell me if you know. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me to never tell a lie. Second, 
give me neither poverty nor riches. Just give me enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? If I am poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. So this is Proverbs 30. And there's so much wisdom here for us to learn from. So he starts out with kind of like some speculation, you know, saying like, well, I'm just me. Like, who can really know God? Wisdom does start with some speculation, with observing, with being curious. If we just want, you know, dictums, just just tell us the rules, we will never be wise. He wonders about himself. You know, he says like, I'm, I'm a brute and not a man. There's something in him. You know, he's, if he's like forceful or he, he doesn't feel agile, there's something, whatever it is, that he, he recognizes about himself. For you, it's probably different. You probably wouldn't say, you know, I'm a brute and not a man. Like, you know, for me, you, maybe it's like, I'm a hurricane or a, a laser beam or sleepwalking through, through life. Wisdom starts, though, with humility. He says, I ain't got it all figured out. Self-knowledge is so crucial to the spiritual life because self is where we meet God. Everywhere I go, I am. I can't leave my body and emotions behind, go to church, meet with God, then, then come back and you know re, re-inhabit my, myself, my, my opinions. Everywhere I go, I am, and that's good because God wants to meet with me and work in me. I am where I meet God. I meet God in the fullness of my experiences and thoughts and emotions. You are where you meet God. So there's so much he doesn't know, but he recognizes this about himself. He recognizes his, you know, limitations and and, and who he is. Socrates, the philosopher, said that um, knowledge of one's own ignorance is the beginning of wisdom. And he says, like, God, like, I'm one person. You know, I personally have trouble understanding other people. Why won't my family members uh, uh, change or, or, you know, fulfill their full potential? What is my partner actually thinking? How do I have real close friendships? I mean, I'm in one limited part of the, the world. I struggle to understand the culture of Hopkins and or Milford sometimes. You know, I don't get what's happening in my own country, much less the rest of the world. I'm in one part of time. Uh, I uh, saw this thing where they uh, challenged people to um, tell their kids that they were born before Google. And I tried it out. I told my kids, I'm actually older than Google. They didn't believe me. They're like, oh, mommy, you're not that old. Oh, I, I very much am. Or maybe Google's younger than, than you think. They didn't believe me. But I'm just one person in one place and one part of time, like God, that's way too much for me to understand. But where does this lead us? It leads us to revelation. He questions all of this and he says, then every word of God proves true. All of God's word is true. Humility and curiosity should lead us to God, into revelation. It's from speculation into revelation. The theologian Karl Barth was really strong on revelation. He said, there is no way human beings can know God 
unless God shows himself, unless God discloses who he is, we are just too, too limited, too small. We're like little ants wandering around with no idea that they're giant human beings next door. But God does show himself. God does show himself in so, so many different ways, but primarily, especially through scripture. And then we can know who God is. And when we know God, who God is, we submit to him. So he goes from uh, speculation into revelation and then says, oh God, I beg two favors for, from you. Uh, these things that really will help him lead a good life. So we live in accordance with God's ways for God's glory. We're the servant. He's the master. He submits himself to God. And man, guys, this is wise here. Verses seven through, through nine. He, he says, um, he says, please, Help me to be honest with myself, with others. Help me to not, not lie, live in reality. And then don't give me too much or too little. If I have too, too much, I just, I can't handle the responsibility, that relationship, this, this thing, you know, it's just going to go to my head and make me proud. Um, but too little, then, you know, I'll get bitter. I'll get desperate. I'll, I'll get, you know, and his concern is for his character. His concern is for how his circumstance works on himself, works on his character. This is a lead me not into temptation prayer here. Knowing how you work, knowing what's too much, knowing what's, you know, just not enough for you. You know, pray this in your heart with me, friends. God, give me, give me what I need. Not too much, not too little. Lead me into those green pastures socially, relationally, financially, those green pastures for me to follow you well. Such wisdom. And it comes from humility. You know, I come from a family that can be pretty opinionated. Um, I can be pretty opinionated. Shocking, shocking, I know. Um, but uh, my whole family can be opinionated, so we can get into some arguments over random stuff that does not entirely matter. Like, you know, no, this is the author of this book, I know, or like, I did this here and that. You don't remember the correct facts of this story. And um, especially through high school, college, we could really have some, some long battles. However, this is what would end it. Someone would be like, yeah, five bucks. Says that was actually the director of that movie. And that's how you knew. Back up. It's subtle. If someone starts betting you chores, I'll clean the bathroom if I'm wrong. That's how you knew. Back up. Back up. They're, they're probably right. Now, truly, I'm trying to be a lot more humble. And if I get into an opinionated argument, I now say some equivocal statements. Well, yes, there's that point. Oh, that's a really good point, too. And you know what happens? I win. I end up winning because I've hitched my uh, cart to both wagons. And so instead of my odds being like 50-50 winning, losing, I got 90% on both choices. Cha-ching. Anyways, um, that is how humble I am. But there is, uh, in all seriousness, great wisdom. Great wisdom in humility and knowing your limits. Um, and in letting that lead you into revelation and submission to God. Humility is just a wise life 
choice. You know, there's a story told about a um, radio conversation. It's a dark, stormy night off the coast of Newfoundland, Canada, and a uh, U.S. Uh, Navy ship radios into the Canadian uh, authorities on shore. The Americans radio in and they say, please divert your course uh, 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. Canadians, roger back. You know, roger that. You're in Canadian waters. We recommend that you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Americans. This is a captain of a Navy ship. Divert your course. Canadians, divert your course. The Americans radio back and say, we, you know, we're a U.S. aircraft carrier, you know, whatever, accompanied by destroyers. We've got cruisers. Um, I demand you change your position to 15 degrees south. That's 1-5, or we will take action to ensure the safety of this vessel. The Canadians, roger back. We're a lighthouse, so it's your decision. You know, humility. We can learn humility through humiliations or through formations. And friends, I, I, I prefer to learn through the formation of the Holy Spirit and not through humiliations. You know, will you just take a moment and pray with me? Lord, make me humble. Make me humble. Give me the wisdom that comes from knowing my limitations and the wisdom that comes from knowing your goodness. So humility is key to wisdom, to living out this spiritual life. But guys, let's continue and look ahead in Proverbs 30 if you want to turn back um, with me. So he continues looking around. He's curious. He's noticing. He's observing the world. So verses 10 through 17 says, Never slander a worker to the employer, nor the per- or the person will curse you and you will pay for it. Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among humanity. The leech the leech has two suckers that cry out, More, more. There are three things that are never satisfied. No four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, the blazing fire. So Agar, he looks around um, and, he, and he notices things. Noticing is just so spiritual. Uh, he notices the, the need for fairness to servants, to really look out for, for the underprivileged um, and those in a vulnerable position. He notices arrogance and craving. This just want for more, desire for more, the, the, the give me, the gimme. So how in the midst of all that do we live well? So continuing um, verses 18 through 19 and then 24 through 23, they are three things that amaze me. No, for that I do not understand how an eagle glides through the sky, how a snake slithers on a rock, how a ship navigates the ocean, and how a man loves a young woman. There are three things on earth that make the earth 
no, sorry, there are four things on earth that are small but are unusually wise. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Heraxes, they aren't powerful, but they make their home among the rocks. Those are probably um, uh, a badger-like animal. Again, this guy, he, you know, he wasn't an Israelite. His Hebrew is a little hard to understand. Locusts, they have no king, but they march information. It's amazing. Lizards. They're easy to catch, but they are found even in king's palaces. There are three things that strut with a stately stride. No four that strut about. The lion, the king of animals who won't turn aside for anything. The strutting rooster. The he-goat. A king as he leads his army. So he stops and notices all these things. He talks about, you know, being amazed at the eagle gliding through the sky. We're starting to get some bald eagles back around here. It's really awesome. You know, says it's amazing, you know, the way of a young man with a young woman. Um, things that are small, like the ant. The ant is an amazing creature. Um, and he just notices all these things. Humility makes him look around, consider others. And then enjoy the world that God has made with wonder and amazement. What is wonder? I think wonder is living in the present moment and paying attention and noticing the good things all around. Kids have wonder because they do one thing at a time. They're, they're zoned in and they're focused and they notice that. So wonder is being present, noticing, and paying attention. Wonder has produced the best of human culture Poetry, literature, science, innovation, um, painting are all the products of wonderment. I think wonder is also where we get a lot of our joy from, from enjoying uh, a yummy food, from enjoying time with others, wonderment, appreciating, noticing, staying in the present moment. I think wonder is also actually where we get a lot of our humor from. You notice ordinary things and then you laugh at it. Maybe you could write your own proverb of wonder. What would be yours? There are three things that are too amazing for me. There are four things on earth that are small yet extremely wise. It says, what would be yours? Maybe the smell of fresh brewed coffee, a friend's smile, um, the thrill of sunshine on our face, you know, the warmth of a, a cool breeze. And guys, friends, I think that this is really things that we should be like in love with. As, as lovers of, of God and other human beings, what God ha has made, I think that we should just be like so enthusiastic about the sound of laughter. So enthusiastic about like how beautiful people's eyes are, how delicious fresh fruit is. Will you do a little spiritual exercise with me? Just for like one minute. Notice your surroundings, where, wherever you're at. And find three things. Pick three things. And then make your own little proverb. There are three things that are amazing to me. How soft the carpet is. Good job, guys. The, the, the feel of, of smooth porcelain. The, uh, the, this, the smells, um, sights, sounds, feelings, other people in the room. Pick three things. Notice them. Commend them appreciate them. 
whatever it is, whatever is around you. You know, if God is king, if we are living in humility and submission to him, all of the world is made by God. And we want to say, as God said over his creation, it is good. Allow yourself to wonder. Be intentional about appreciating life. You know, ultimately, wisdom is a skillful living. Just like an artist is skillful at painting, wise people are skillful at living life. You are skilled at that, like, relationship, work, balance, you know, decisions, all, all, all of that. That is a wise person is skillful at, at life. And life here is described you know, internally, uh, uh, spiritually, in our surroundings, a whole life, creating a good life. Wisdom is often equated with the Holy Spirit in the Bible because it's the wisdom of God that leads us into good things. The Holy Spirit is wise. The Holy Spirit leads us into good things. God doesn't just make the world. God doesn't just redeem and save the world. God enters into the actual living of our day-to-day life with the Holy Spirit to correct our mistakes, to guide us, to encourage us, to lead us into peace and joy. The same way the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters in creation and life, calling forth life and beauty, the Holy Spirit hovers over our lives, calling forth productivity and joy and life, wisdom. The Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, you know, leads us into what Jesus has made a way for, leads us into the abundant life that Jesus wants for us. The wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit, is God working and present in us so that we can live the full abundant life that Jesus has called us to. And that's where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will be your friend, your companion. Wisdom is kind. The Holy Spirit is kind and leads us into good things. The Holy Spirit is good and gentle and leads us into wisdom and into fullness. Friends, let's pray. As we end, as we've noticed where where humility takes us into noticing and appreciating the good things of life. That's the heart of wise living, allowing the Holy Spirit to shape us, to mold us, to be lovers of God and lovers of of the world, to lead us into the abundant life that he has for us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you want this abundant life for us. We humble ourselves. We say there's so much we do not know. And we ask like you have told us in the Bible to ask for. We ask for wisdom. We ask for you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us, shaping our hearts, shaping our minds, shaping our actions and our decisions. In humility, we say there is much we do not know. And we will follow your lead, oh God. Would you open our our eyes to notice the good things around us, to live in the present moment, to have wonder and amazement, joy and awe in your creation, Jesus. We thank you for the good gifts around us. 
And Jesus, I just really want to pray specifically for uh, anyone watching this who feels like they are missing out on joy. Now life's kind of passing by and you just haven't enjoyed it. I want to pray the joy of the Lord over you right now, right here in the present moment. Joy in forgiveness, joy in submission, joy in revelation, joy in speculation, joy in being who you are right where you are. Joy right here at this hour, at this minute. Jesus, thank you that you make a way for us into the future. You have healed our past. You have redeemed our past. You will take care of our future. You are Lord of right here and right now. We cling to that. We have joy in that, Lord God. Right now, in me, in you, that's where we meet Jesus. Not in the future, not in the past, not in a church building. In, in our souls, in our core, in the present moment is where we meet you, Jesus. So we say yes. We say yes to you. And right here, right now is where we experience joy. And pray for an inflowing of joy right now in Jesus' name. Joy in Jesus' name. Joy in your love, Jesus. Joy in your care. Joy in you being our Heavenly Father, and taking care of us in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.